The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald, standing for Cat Victorino again. Cat is continuing her pursuit of former 49ers starting QBs by heading to Palo Alto to chase down Steve Young this week. <laughs> and Mrs. Young has refused to comment on the story. Mr. Victorino was quoted as saying, hey, as long as you get an autograph. And uh, joining me are Nathaniel James and Michael Wandai. Hello, guys. Hello. Hiya. How are you both today? Oh... Well, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm fine. A bit under the water, uh, under the weather, and uh, still, still a bit pissed about uh, Sunday. Well, let, let's uh, let's take a look at it. The 49ers marched into Soldier Field on Sunday and could basically have surfed out with the amount of water that was on the field, despite the work of the grounds crew trying to clear the water from the field with what was nothing more than a windscreen wiper on a stick and about as effective. After a promising start, the 49ers settled into their same old issues of a leaky offensive line, all play calling, going to the air with a ball as slippy as a grease stick, and an entirely lacklustre fourth quarter that saw the 49ers fall to their first defeat of the season. The final score was uh, San Francisco 10, the Chicago Bears 19. It was a messy game, wasn't it? It was a messy game with the field for a start. Yeah, it, it, I mean, to be honest, when I when I look back at that game, and I, I I think for three quarters of the game, it was I thought Trey Lance was actually playing quite a good good game, um, but I think he was quite you know even when when we watched the uh, press conference and even the release of that press conference, he was quite you know really quite self critical of himself, um, you know sort of struggling. There were parts you know and there were sort of I believe there was quite an, one underthrown pass but to be honest you know the, the open passes that he made I mean this was a this this is his third game I, well yeah third official game that he's actually played now and I, I think he was quite harsh on himself um yeah I guess you've got to you know you've got to take that level of responsibility and you know be be critical of yourself but I think he needs to cut himself some slack I think um, you know, he, he played quite a good game. Um, you know, he had um, 13 of 28, 164 yards um, with only one interception and a um, passer rating of 50.3. So not 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 particularly bad. Um, I think it was just, I guess the, the weather didn't particularly help. And, it, you know, I, I guess we were all kind of, Hoping for what happened at um, at uh, Washington a, a few year, a couple of years ago when you know, we, yeah we had both with the uh, nice little slide but obviously we we didn't we didn't have that did we so yeah it was he he was one for seven for minus two yards under pressure he also took a pair of sacks when um, while putting together three scrambles for positive yards so. I think there were positives with with Trey Lance, and I think you know that he, he did at times extend the play. I guess the rain didn't help, um, and yeah, it wasn't a, a, a great day for you know somebody that's just 
started as a starter, um, you know, for, for 49ers kind of football. So, yeah. As much as it's easy to use the weather as something to blame the game on or, or blame how the game went, the trouble is Chicago had exactly the same weather and they came out with the win in a game where the 49ers were favourites. The only team that went into that week with a better chance as favourites was the Colts. We can favourites. And okay, the Colts lost. We'll 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 talk about that. And um, but both teams had to had to deal with the weather. Chicago seemed to deal with the weather better as the game went on than the 49ers did. So for me, it's it's got to be more than the weather. There's fatigue in there. There's other issues. We we still have the same old issues with the line and with having no ability to change our play as the game goes on. Like I say, fourth quarter was a mess. Michael, what do you think? I'm not as generous as uh, Nathaniel is with Trey, um, but let's start with the offense line first. Yes, the offense line looked bad, uh, but if you look at the PFF grades, uh, three of five offense linemen had really good PFF grades. The problem is you only need one foul apple uh, on the tree and the whole tree uh, is garbage. And uh, our problem was that uh, foul apple was uh, our center. Um, every pressure uh, he got, uh, Trey got, uh, came over the center. And I can't wait for Brunskill to come back but because I don't think... Uh, Brendel is a long-time solution on center. Um, but in, in overall, when if three or five offense linemen uh, have good uh, performances, uh, it means the offense line isn't that bad we make it, uh, we wanted to make. Uh, the thing is, uh, if you look uh, closely at the quarterback uh, with, at, with a bit of experience, you saw that Trey was in some situation overwhelmed. Um, uh, it may has been the wet weather. Uh, of course, uh, Chicago had the same problems with the weather, but uh, unlike uh, sunny California, uh, they they are uh, known to play in this weather uh, down there uh, or up there in Chicago. And um, there there was a lot of inexperience and uh, in trace uh, play and. Um, I am not still sold on the Trey Lance train. Um, I, uh, yes, it was his first uh, regular season play uh, as a starter, but he, uh, but he was uh, in two games last season and he looked uh, the same in those two games. Um, he usually uh, has, has a, a lot of time he needs to get into game rhythm and that that time he doesn't have in the NFL. In the NFL, he has to be quick uh, in the game uh, to help his team. And if you look at the stats, uh, I see. I think the greatest problem we see is if your quarterback is your leading running back, something didn't work in the offense. Um, Trey had 13 uh, tries for 54 yards. Um, the best running back, uh, Elijah Mitchell, who is out with MCL for the next eight weeks, had eight tries for 41 yards. Um, here you see the problems. The best two running backs we had in this game were uh, Lance and Samuel, 
and none of the other running backs. Uh, I think that's why we got uh, Mac this week um, because we have a little running back problem and. Yeah, it's 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 part of the offense line problem too, uh, because uh, the offense line is uh, uh, is supposed to make uh, pressure for for the running backs, and yeah, it, it, the running back uh, the running game looked good with Elijah in it, and then suddenly it stopped. And I think uh, the greatest problem we had have had had in this game was our running game, and. Uh, in a rain game, you need the running game. We didn't have a running game, and uh, that's why Fields looked so much better in the end. He had uh, two passes uh, he uh, made for touchdowns because uh, our defense played like they just finished an European football league and don't didn't play national football league. And uh, yeah, there was so many uh, problems, and that's why I, I don't say Trey is uh, the whole uh, problem we had. I like that he is self-critical, but uh, the whole team failed on Sunday, and you don't lose. Uh, uh, you don't lose uh, as a single player. You lose as a team, and you win as a team. And uh, I think Trey did the right thing and said, "Okay, I put some blame on me because he had some blame." Do you think that part of the reason Trey Lance was our most effective uh, rusher of the ball on Sunday was because his his inexperience made him feel that the ball was too slick to hand off, but he didn't have full control of the ball to be able to hand it off to running backs? I'm not trying to make any kind of comparison here, but I, I mean, from what I saw of, of Trey, at times, you know, I mean, he was only sacked two times. Um, and I, I, you know, yeah, there was a lot of pressure on him. You could see it on when he were when you were watching the field. You know, he he was, you know, there was pressure on him, wasn't there? But there was always going to be pressure when he, you know, when he was going to be, uh, de- you know, even depending on what whatever, um, you know, defense you you, you face. So, I, I think it, it, it's quite difficult. I think he did did escape. But my my point is that. When you take a take a quarterback like Josh Allen, he's had the same exact issue. He had the same issue when he was, you know, when when he had when when he was in in if you like, he had the car keys. The defense would collapse on him. Suddenly, he'd be under pressure, and then he'd either slip or something would happen. So uh, I kind of maintain the fact. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I don't think. I think we. We'd only kind of think about, you know, and I'm not. If we're thinking about starting somebody else, like going back to Jimmy, then I, I think we should only be doing that if because that would really kind kind of, you know, undermine him completely, wouldn't it? You, you don't just give your starting quarter, you, you start the, the one that's supposed to be the future bench because he. But I guess you, 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 this is going to be a long season, and I, my, my my thinking is that. I, I, I particularly, don't, I don't think we're going to, you know, I don't think we're going to be like into, you know, and I, I sort of said that, you know, I think we're, we're going to have a few games like this and there's going to be some teething problems with, with, with Trey Lance. But um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's still too early to, you know, and I, you know, I can sort of see what, what Wandy's saying in terms of trying to kind of like, but I think, yeah, all right, he does take a level of responsibility, but at the, at the same time, you need to have a bit of time with him because he's. It, it, this is an adjustment for, for him. He, he's still. I mean, yes, he, he knows the playbook, and yes, he's he's probably. If anything's changed for for 
um, with regards to it. He's probably going to have a better knowledge than what Jimmy Garoppolo is because he's not be, he's been sat out for so long. So, yeah, that's I, I guess that's the thing. What I'm saying is Josh Allen had the same issues in terms of teething problems when he started as the um, starting quarterback, but. I think he's, you know, not that I'm making any comparison, but he's a he's a very good quarterback. So, yeah, I guess just just giving him like that that time really. Um, which, but I get what people were thinking and the fact that you want to have that win now. It's almost that win now mentality, isn't it? So, yeah, that that that's that's my point really. You you just made me shiver. You <laughs> said the the name of the one who never shall be named again. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want Trey to be a second coming of that guy because that guy was a one-dimensional uh, tricks, uh, trick that only worked for two or three seasons and then uh, defenses uh, figured him out. I think Trey has much more potential. I, I hope Trey becomes a second Steve Young and not a second uh, the unnamed one. And uh, I don't Blame uh, Trey for for losing the game. I just say he has part of the blame, and uh, that's a, a huge difference. Um, as I said, you win as a team, you lose as a team, and I think a lot of fans always forget that. A lot of fans uh, think we only uh, win because uh, Devo is so good, or uh, the quarterback is so good, or the defense is so good. No, we win because the team works as a team and that was the strength of the 49ers in 2019 and in 2021 that the whole unit was uh, cohesive and um, for example i would say who is more to blame for this uh, loss is our defense uh, than our offense our offense has, ha has had a hard day because uh, rainy days are always hard for offenses And that's why I put more blame on our defense because our defense uh, couldn't stop uh, the Bears' defense in the same weather. Um, we, we got two uh, passing touchdowns against us. Um, there was almost uh, no pressure. And those flags, please, those flags, we had them twice or more um, on uh, three and long uh, or three and very long and then we got a penalty and they got new tries and that never should happen that was one of the major things that we, we hadn't yet touched on was the penalties 12 team penalties through the game the fourth highest in the shanahan era 49ers hadn't won any of those games the bears had 15 first down five of which came as a result of niners penalties We have a problem. We have a serious problem with penalties on this squad. We don't seem to be able to get a handle on it. Where can this go? You know, how much more can we take of these unnecessary penalties costing us major yardage in games? I think. I mean, what what how, what what majority are we talking in terms of those penalties? I mean, where 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 were the penalties created? Was it a lot? Was it down to false starts, or you know, was this defensive? I I can't really recall what what what. You know what did happen, but um, I, I guess if we're talking about there is a false start or if something happens, then I guess it's taking into consideration that you've, you've got a new quarterback in that sort of situation. So I guess the team are certainly kind of trying to get used to to, to how how Lance plays and everything else. But um, uh, yeah, does it? Do, I mean, does it come down to the fact that this is down to you know kind of discipline possibly because but then I, I kind of feel like 
I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Because uh, this is, are we just a bit rusty? Is it just the fact that it's the first game of the, the season? We didn't come in straight away as strong as we thought we were going to do. I think it's quite hard to know, really. I think, you know, this is going to be, as I say, it's just trying to get starting to get back into the swing of things, really. And I think this is just one of these, unfortunately, this was just one of these games that it was just, it was a bit sloppy, a bit un, undisciplined. So, yeah, I, I think this is the thing, isn't it? It's just going to take some time to get used to things and used to sort of how things are going with certain new players. We we have to be careful because the 49ers have a history of giving up silly yardage, silly penalty yardage, which has cost us games in the past. It's not a new thing. It's not happened in the last two seasons. It's been happening for a long time. We do seem to have a systemic problem with player discipline. Things as simple as false starts, something like that. But then, you know, we can get 15 yard penalties just as easily, it seems. Uh, and I think that I, I personally, that is down to discipline, and it's something that coaches just aren't concentrating on. Or if they are, they're not concentrating on enough because it's not showing in the game. One thing, first of all, a shout out to your statistic god, Mark Lyons. You say false starts are not the problem. Uh, I give you a little hint. I played offense line. You, as an offense, you always know the snap count. You know yes. uh, when the quarterback says on three, on two, or on one, and you always know the snap count. If you do a false start, it's a concentration problem. And a concentration problem is as well a discipline problem as anything else. But one statistic Mark uh, wrote down is, the Bears had 15 first downs, and five of them we presented to them. Yeah, And that wasn't the only penalty. There were a lot of penalties where we had uh, three and ten or so, and then our defense made uh, offside or uh, encroachment and made a third of a three and five out of it and made it much more easier to get the first down for uh, Chicago than before. And... That are the problems, I mean. Every foul you do on the field is a discipline problem, except for, um, for example, uh, delay of game, because delay of game can always happen, but it shouldn't. Uh, but uh, every other uh, foul is is, is a discipline problem. Yeah, yeah. For example, offside, as a defender, you know, uh, you should know, you can be in the uh, in the neutral zone, but you have to be back before the snap is happening, and you always should see the ball and see what the what the center is doing, so you can jump back uh, immediately. Yeah, I mean, um, you do this offside, you, you do it to provoke a false start, but you always should have an eye on the ball. Agree completely. We did have a friend of the show out in Chicago for the game on Sunday. Kim Sorensen was good enough to um, record a little report for us as well while he's out there. So let's take a listen to that now. Hello, Frequency 49 listeners. This is Kim Sorensen giving you a quick rundown of a weekend in Chicago. This was my first trip to Chicago, so I can't give you a lot of sightseeing tips, but I will recommend... A walk down the magnificent mile if you're in the town. Lots of beautiful scenery and excellent shopping opportunities if, you, uh, if you're ever here. The weather has been excellent Friday and Saturday. Sunday, it kind of ruined the day both in 
terms of the, the game, which you can't evaluate much from due to the conditions, but also because it ruined much of the tailgating experience because everything was just soaking wet. Rain poured down from eight o'clock in the morning at, and it was heavy rain. So everywhere you, you came, it was just <laughs> wet all around. It also ruined much of the, the, the experience at the game because I was soaking wet before I even entered, entered the stadium. And even if I dried up a bit uh, during uh, the first quarter when there was a, a pause in the rain, it, it escalated again. So I left the, the, the game cold and freezing by, by game's end. This will be a, a season of testing our patience. Trey Lance will need patience from us as fans. The offensive line needs time to gel. The Bengals poured millions into veteran help on their offensive line and they had Joe Burrow sacked uh, seven times. So enough about the game as such. My, my top tip for, uh, for people deciding to, to go to away games I don't know if you are aware of the 49ers Rush podcast, a guy named John Chapman running it. He organizes 49ers Rush road trips, tailgates. I can only recommend it. It's, tailgating is an experience you, you shouldn't miss out on if you're going to a game in, in America just as easy as that. Um, he organizes tailgates at, at every away game. Uh, the 49ers are, are playing both on, on Saturday, the, the day before the game and on, on game day. So that, that's highly recommendable if you're going to games at, at Levi's. Reach out to anyone of a number of uh, tailgating crews which are, are, who are very, very happy to, to take along uh, guests. So do not cheat yourself from the original tailgate experience. That's, that's a top tip for, for anyone going to, away, to, to Fort Niners games. Thanks for that, Kim. Uh, looking forward, uh, we host the Seahawks this Sunday in our home opener. Seahawks coming off a win against Denver in a game that most predicted they'd actually lose, but they didn't. They, they won it. We lost our first game. They won their first game. The Seahawks lead the all-time series 30-17. to 17. That's a horrible ring, that. Um, Seahawks winning 17 of the last 20 and 7 of the last 8 visits to Santa Clara. We need to turn this one around. Guys, what are your feelings about this game coming up against the Seattle Seahawks? 49ers open eight and a half point favourites. We were favourites against Chicago. Well, I for one, I, I I just hope we have our A game, to be honest, or we have a much better game than what we did against um, the uh, Bears um, from you know a team cohesion perspective. Um, I, I just think that, you know what, people... I, for one, I was quite surprised with regards to the result against the the Broncos. Um, you know that because you know Russell Wilson played quite well, um, and he you know he he managed to make some good passes. But anyway, I'm not going to talk anything more about that. But I think we, we've just you know I think 
people kind of uh, have doubted Seattle and they're, they're kind of, they're not, you know, they've, they're not particularly any good that, now that they've lost Wilson. But to be honest, they've not, they've still got DK Metcalf. They've still got a few other, you know, players. Um, Disley as well, I think it is. Um, he's the tight end. So, I, yeah, I think we, we're going to have to go in very much with, with you know, kind of a, a much better mindset, um, you know, from a defensive and an offensive perspective. Um, I, I guess it's going to be on a lot more of the, you know, kind of potentially we might be seeing a bit more of the, you know, sort of um, other younger running backs, sort of, sort of like Davis Price, I think it is. And um, yeah, I, but... I guess we're just going to have to see what 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 happens. I I, I do think this is going to be potentially quite a, a close game. I, I'm 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 a little bit worried. I mean, as I say, if we have another you know sort of that that, that lack of discipline and not have, if we start having we if we put them in potential scoring positions, then we're going to be in a whole lot of tr- trouble. And um, you know, we're gonna we might as well just sort of kind of handling the game if they're, going to, if they're going to do that so hopefully you know we're going to have a bit more of a um better game this one in this one um hopefully Trey will, will, will grow in confidence um he'll make a few more sort of passes and he'll you know be able to be a bit better on the movement side of things um so hopefully we, we just you know we, we get back to a situation where where we kind of Put puts you out on the back foot. It would be lovely to you know because I I don't know when the last time we bit we had a, a win against Seattle, but it wasn't. I think the last time I can remember one was 2019. So um, yeah, I, I mean I always we always love beating Seattle, but uh, um, yeah, we'll just have to see. Um, obviously, defensively. Um, Seattle are seventh in points allowed um, with 16 points per game uh, and 29th in total yards allowed with 433. So they they are 17th in rushing yards. So it's going to be quite a hard, you know, quite a difficult kind of, could be potentially quite a difficult game. It's just whether or not we can kind of, I guess, comes down to discipline and kind of put them on the back foot straight away. Um, so yeah, see what happens. Hopefully, um, I'm not sure about George Kittle's fitness, but hopefully, potentially, he might be back. Shame about our, our running back, but we'll just, yeah, we're just going to have to kind of move on and give some of the other um, rookie quarterback uh, running backs um, a bit more experience. We do have to play the cards that were dealt with with injuries, and as you say, hopefully George Kittle will be back for this game. The loss of Russell Wilson for the Seahawks, while while it was relatively big, they, they've overcome it obviously by going into Denver and beating Russell Wilson. The one member of personnel for Seattle that concerns me more than anybody is Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll has had the full his number for years. He has been able to outplay us in most of the games. Like, like I say, 13-17, 17 of the last 20 meetings. So we've only won three of them. That's, I don't even know. I can't even work out what the percentage is on that one. But we, we need to find a way to outplay Pete Carroll. If if we can sort that out, if we if we can outthink Pete Carroll, we've got a chance in this game. If 
he comes in and does his usual thing and we do our usual thing of giving up penalties and not having any answer in the fourth quarter, we are we are lost without a trace in this game, I think. I think the greatest problem is, I, in, in German, I always call it, uh, call it the scissorstone paper problem um, with the 49ers as scissors. Uh, we beat the paper, the Rams, but uh, we always uh, lose to the stone, the, the Seahawks. And yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, we have to do a, a lot. First of all, um, I, I found it pretty amazing that now that Russell Wilson is gone, the offense line looked much more improved with the Seahawks. I don't know if anyone of you watched the game, but uh, the offense line of the Seahawks looked looked much better than before. And I, uh, I don't think uh, Geno Smith is such a bad quarterback. Everyone, make, everyone makes him. Maybe he found his home uh, in Seattle. And uh, yeah, the, the 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 greatest problem is like against Arizona, it's not uh, the Seahawks that beat us; it's us that beat us uh, in those games. Um, last season, we lost both games after the halftime. We led uh, both games uh, to the halftime, and after the half halftime, in both games, we dropped the ball twice in kickoff or punt returns. And then we didn't come back from that, and uh, that does uh, shouldn't happen. This uh, and and we should definitely make more points. Uh, Ten points are not enough to beat the Seahawks. Um, our offense has to click, and uh, our run game has to work against uh, the Seahawks to uh, to minimize the time um, Geno Smith is on the field. Let's face it, we've lost Super Bowls by not having an answer in the fourth quarter and the second half in general. I think that's that's a great Shanahan problem. I mean, um, he is forever a part of the 28-3 debacle of the Falcons. Um, he is forever a part of a 21-10 debacle against the Chiefs. That's both uh, both uh, Super Bowl losses uh, of the 49ers and the Falcons. It's uh, a part of Shanahan's legacy because he paid a huge. Uh, he was a huge part of that. Well, let's nail down our predictions for this game then. Uh, Nathaniel, what do you think? Win, win or lose? Give me a score. Or give me a spread at least. <laughs> um, give me. <laughs> I I think it'll be a really uh kind of i think this is going to be a close one to be honest um i'm probably going to say probably something like 24 to i don't know 21 i'd say um with a field goal that gets um done by uh, Robbie Gold i i just but even there, I'm probably holding my breath a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I obviously don't want, but I, I, you know, I think we need to take into account that Seattle are, you know, they are a good team. Um, seem really well disciplined, especially in the last game um, against the Broncos. Um, I don't know how they managed to win that game, but they did. Um, so yeah, we're just gonna, it, it, but we're gonna have to come in with our our A game because we, you know, we've got this is going to be quite a tough game. But then. I think we've got the Broncos the following week, so that that's going to be another one. So yeah, that that's my 
<laughs> score prediction. <laughs> yeah. Every every Seattle game has been a tough game for us, and we don't even have home field advantage on the home field. Santa Clara's not been a great home for us to have home field advantage, has it? Um, so it, it counts for nothing for us. Uh, Michael, what what are your thoughts on this game? Give me a spread or give me a score. Um, my bold prediction is we win by at least two touchdowns. Uh, and Jordan Mason will ha have his breakout game uh, against the Seahawks. Uh, as I know, he didn't play against um, the Bears. Um, that's why I think he will have his breakout, breakout game against the Seahawks. And he will fill the number one running back spot until Elijah Mitchell is fit again. So I think we win, will win with uh, 35 to 21. <laughs> no, well, Michael, if that comes off, that, off that, that'll be some prediction, I'm telling you. I've got to side with Natalia on this one. I think it's going to be a three-point game. It's going to be a tight battle. And there's no love lost between these two teams. It, teams? Teams. Um, it's, going to, it's going to be a physical battle. And I think Pete Carroll's coming in to continue his dominance. I I, I think we, we will win it, but it's going to be tight. It's going to be a three-point game at best. So that's, that's our predictions for this week. I'm going to take a quick look at the pick six. Um, I've got to say, I did diabolically bad in the pick six this week. I scored one point. Uh, the weekly winner was Kevin Herbert with six points. So the table after week one stands as follows. Kevin Herbert's in first place with six points. Martin Hughes, our friendly duck lover, he's in second place with five points. And then sharing for third place is Daryl Mills-Hanman, Kim Sorensen, Deepak, uh, Mark Baylor, uh, and Simon Holdsworth all on four points. Um, from the hosts, uh, Deepak and Simon are ahead on four points. Stephen Box and Nathaniel three points, and James Little and Graham Ross are third on second uh, on two points. And I'm back of the back of the queue with one point. I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, I really did have a nightmare of a pick six. Um, I don't know how many people picked the 49ers. I, th I think everybody picked the 49ers for a win, and most of us picked them for a lock, which cost us a lot of points. Um, so it, it's all good fun. So if, if you want to join in on the pick six for this week, um, I'm sure the, the games will go up in the next couple of days and you can get your picks in. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to comment on from either the Chicago game or the upcoming game against the Seahawks before we finish up today? I just wanted to say a um, quick, really quick thank you to Mark Leon for stepping up to do the uh, pick six because it is really, it really is appreciated. People do really, really like it. Um, and it is, you know, it's part of, you know, part of this group. So, uh, yeah, do th thank you very much, Mark, for for stepping up um, for this season to to do it. Um, and yeah, ho hopefully we can kind of sort of see what happens and then get to the, you know, the, obviously they do the playoffs as well with the pick six. So yeah, do do really appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's a really good bit of fun as well, the pick six. Um, so I am just happy you can't do the two minute drill at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with the two-minute drill? I miss the two-minute drills. Quick fire. It's good fun. I, 
I am always uh, amazed how you can find an answer that quick. I always sit here. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Deepak is famous for his answers to the two-minute drill. I think the record that we have for one answer was a minute and 47 seconds in a two-minute drill. (laughs) (laughs) That was a fun episode. That really was a fun episode. Well, that's it for uh, this week's episode of the Frequency 49 show. Uh, Thank you to everyone that's been been involved in producing the show. Again, thanks to Mark Lyon for covering the uh, the pick six and providing us with all of our stats as well. Thank you to Nathaniel um, James for joining me on the show. Thank you to Michael Wondai. Thank you, guys. It's been great. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Thanks very much. (laughs) Has been a pleasure. Um, Always uh, looking forward to help out here. Yeah, see you uh, next time. That's great. Thank you. So on behalf of Nathaniel and Michael, I've been Paul MacDonald. You've been the audience, and this has been the Frequency 49 Show. Bye for now.